0: Hey, hey, welcome to Morning Coffee with Megan. I'm your host, Megan Buggy, the owner of Megan & Company, which is a digital advertising company. And I'm here to let you know that you are not alone in this journey. I am a busy mom of two and an entrepreneur, and I'm here to share tips and tricks on how to succeed online and how to market yourself. So with that being said, let's get this show started. Okay, guys, today we have Allie Martin with us from Fame and Fortune. She's a publicist, and she's been able to achieve top-tier media placements for her clients, um, appearing in things such as Forbes, Martha Stewart, The Rachel Ray Show, CNN's Anderson Cooper, and so much more. So today that she's going to talk to us about how uh, you can be your own publicist and what you can do this week, to get the media coverage that you deserve and need. So, Allie, tell us a little bit about your business and how you got started.
1: Hey, Megan. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm Allie Martin. I am based in Kentucky, and I own Fame and Fortune, and we are a social media and public relations agency helping female entrepreneurs get more visible in their industry. So that can be uh, business owners, but um, a lot of times we will work with authors or speakers that are really looking to kind of go to that next level. And so uh, visibility can help you in any of those areas.
0: Absolutely. So what are these um, things that people can start right now to become their own publicist?
1: Yes. I'm I'm glad you asked. So a lot of times when people come to me and say they want to get featured in the media, they feel like it's a really hard uh, thing to do. They're like, I don't even know where to start. Like, it seems like so um, unobtainable. So um, there's seven steps that I uh, really like to break it down uh, with how you can pitch yourself, you know, on your own behalf. I'm a publicist, but you can be your own publicist. And, um, and get yourself in the media so that you can really start to get that authority, that credibility that helps you get seen in the industry as a leader. So the very first thing um, that you have to do is really craft your story. And, it, and so we're thinking about this from the perspective of that unique, newsworthy story. So a lot of times people say, well, I don't have a story. No, I don't have anything. There's nothing interesting about me. I want you to think about what you are an expert in and how you can deliver that information to the viewers, the listeners, the readers of that outlet, and um, you know what, what can they take away from what you are an expert in? So being able to craft that story, um, and really when I say craft that story, it's, it's a one or two sentence uh, statement of what the viewers will take away, um, you know, listeners or uh, readers if it's a uh, radio or um, newspaper or magazine, but um, you know, really what are they gonna take away? Um, And the the second thing to consider is that it's not about you. So uh, this is not the time where you say, and I've done this, and I've done this, and I've done this, and they're going to say, okay, great, but what's in it for our audience? So again, what is going to be the value? You know, you have to think about it. A TV show, a magazine, a newspaper, a radio station, they all want to give value to their audience so that the audience returns time and time again. They want it so that they go, wow, that was so valuable, and I got it for free? Wow, I'm going to come back again tomorrow. Um, And so when you think about it from the perspective of what the audience is going to give and not what you can offer, um, that's really where the the magic happens. Making it timely and relevant would be the third point that I could offer. Um, Whenever we think about a a news story, they aren't covering – St. Patrick's Day in October or November, they're covering it in March. So, um, you know, International Women's Day, that's in March. And so, you know, what is happening uh, around the the time that you're pitching them that you can connect back to, that you can tie to, so that it, it actually feels like it's very newsworthy, it's very timely, and it's relevant to what the audience cares about at that right moment. The fifth thing that I would suggest you do is map out the segment. So any TV segment that you watch, um, particularly like um, a talk show. So they are going to introduce the guest. They're going to ask a few questions. And then they're going to say, you know, similar to what we're doing here, where we say, like, what can the audience do about this? What can our, our viewers do at home? So if you can actually do bullet points in your email to your journalists that you're pitching and say, here's how the segment could flow. And you could say, here's some questions you can ask me, and here's the answers that I would give. And so being able to really lay that out makes it a no-brainer for them. You've done the work for them. That's all that they need to just say, yes, let's have you on. The sixth thing is to have an opinion, take a stand. So don't be afraid to have a controversial view. A lot of times we want to say like, oh yeah, we agree. This is this is how you know I think it should be, and we don't we're afraid to to kind of have a conflicting opinion. But that actually can be really good gold that they want to say, oh here's somebody that disagrees with with the status quo, um, and and having you um, say that in in your um, in your pitch. And then finally my last point of kind of how you can pitch on your own behalf is really just doing the research of who the right person is that you can contact and sending the email. These emails have to, are not lengthy at all. You actually don't want them to be lengthy or they won't get read. But it's really a two to three sentence statement of what you can offer, what you envision, and like we just talked about bulleting out those points of, you know, how the segment could appear if it is a TV show you know, breaking it out, how an article could look if it's in a newspaper or magazine and sending the email. But make sure you're following up. That's that's definitely um, a piece that a lot of people forget. They send the email and they don't ever touch it again. Uh, You've got to follow up with these journalists. Uh, Most of my pitches aren't responded to until maybe the third or fourth time that I follow up.
0: Wow. I would have never thought about following up more than once. I think a lot of people in their minds are like, okay, well, I followed up once no one responded and they kind of get timid with it. Right. So, but what people don't understand is that, um, people are busy. So it's not that they necessarily are ignoring your email or anything, but they're like, okay, I'll get back to that. I'll get back to that. And until you remind them like, Hey, I'm waiting for you. They don't necessarily, um, Like they're not blowing you off. They just literally don't have the time, right?
1: Yep. They either are waiting for their editor or their producer to give them an answer. And so that's why they're not responding or they want their, you know, they go, oh, that's interesting. And then they give some more thought into it. And then when you're following up, they go, yeah, actually I've I've been thinking about that story idea a lot since they pitched me the first time. I I am going to go ahead and go, go forward with that. So unless you hear a no, There is no reason why you can't follow up and continue to follow up. I actually uh, met with a top tier journalist yesterday and asked, what is the cutoff? And she said, until I say no, Wow. So that is that is your permission to continue to pitch. Now, again, if we're pitching something about St. Patrick's Day and we've already moved on to June and July, then we probably should like move on to another topic. They're not going to cover it in June and July. Um, so remembering that timely piece. Um, so giving yourself some cushion to be able to have time to follow up with it before that topic is too late. But uh, I'm giving you permission right now to continue to follow up until you get the answer you're looking for.
0: Okay. So now what are your, what are your thoughts? If you get a no, do you come up with another idea and pitch it again?
1: Yes. If you are meant to be on that outlet, if that outlet is just a no brainer for you and and your industry, then yes, you need to conti- continue to think. You might be able to get some information out of the journalist when they say no. And they might say, you know, no, this isn't really the right fit. We, we tend to approach topics from this perspective. Um, and then that would give you insight to say, okay, well, I need to you know shift my thinking a little bit and, and c- come at it from a different angle. Um, but you know, even looking at the outlet, you know, if it's a newspaper or magazine, what are the stories that they're coming up with? And what can you tack onto and say, All right, the next time they do a story like this, I want to be a source. So reach out to that reporter and say, hey, I know you're not going to do another story like this tomorrow, but uh, the next time you do, I can definitely be a source for you. I'm an expert in this industry. So, continuing to consume that media, continuing to brainstorm and really consider it again from the perspective of their audience and not so much who you are.
0: Okay, and with doing research, trying to get yourself um, the best contact. Do you think like start at the bottom and work your way up or start at the top and work your way down?
1: Mm, Great question, Megan. So (laughs) it really depends on the type of outlet that you're contacting. So when you are looking at a TV station, for example, you're going to want to contact the assignment editor. That's going to be the person that is literally getting pitches and divvying it up to all of the reporters. Now, you can pitch a reporter all day long. Um, But they are going to then have to defend that to the assignment editor, Um, whereas if you can just go right to the source, they're going to be the one. So a producer or an assignment editor in TV. Um, When it comes to um, newspapers, magazines, you're going to want to go to the editor. And if there is a specific editor for that industry, um, you know, if you're in the beauty industry, go to the health and beauty editor for that specific magazine. Um, And then they will be able to make that determination of if that's a topic that they're to cover. Um, and with podcasts, you know, go right to the host, go right and if there's a producer, go right to the producer. Um, and same with even uh, radio. So um, there's there's definitely different tiers that you can reach out to, but the more specific you, you can get if um if you know a TV reporter is always covering uh, schools. And you represent a school industry or you're working with a business on, on schools, then that's going to be the reporter you need to go to because they're going to be the one if anybody that's going to cover it.
0: Okay. So what does it look like? Like your day to day job when you're a publicist for someone, what kinds of jobs do you do for people? So like if someone is listening to this and they're like, Oh, I could never do that myself. What, like if they were to bring someone like you on, what do you do for your clients?
1: Yeah. So as I mentioned at the beginning of the interview, a lot of times we get um, contacted by uh, aspiring speakers or potential authors. And what has happened is they've gone to public- publishers with their ideas and the publishers said, yeah, this is a great idea. We would love to work with you, but you don't have a big enough audience or you don't have enough credibility in this industry to be published by us. That's really where a publicist comes into play. And and a publicist can serve many different areas, but this is one that I really love working in because it's getting you to that end goal. It's getting you to a place where you really want to be. So what we do is we research the right uh, outlets that you need to be in. We craft that pitch that I was just referring to about making it about the audience. And then we're the one pitching, we're the one following up, we're the one coordinating those interviews. So essentially, you kind of give us the download of who you are, what you do, and then we take it from there and you just show up for the interview when it's time to to do that interview. You've given a really
0: great outline and people, like anybody could do this. Anybody can do this. You just have to know exactly what it is that you bring to the table. Now, do you think that you need a lot of followers to be able to be published or what are your thoughts on that
1: Yeah so Um, There's actually a really interesting tool out there. It's called HARO, and HARO stands for Help a Reporter Out. And so this is a free website that um, you can sign up for today, and they will send you three emails a day that allows you to see opportunities that journalists have and they need sources for. And these are usually very urgent requests, so um, you kind of need to get the email, open it up, scan it, um, and then find if there's any opportunities that you would be a good fit for and pitch them right away. Um, However, I've gotten a ton of opportunities out of HARO um, just by being uh, responsive and attentive to those needs needs um, from, from the journalists. And so, and then you can build up a relationship with them where they continue to come back to you because they know that they were able to count on you and rely on you. But you know, in this case, they're not taking into account your followers whatsoever.
0: Okay. So let's have a recap here. So first they're going to, they're going to do some research on the types of outlets that they're going to pitch to. Second, they're going to come up with their statement for the two sentences, um, explaining what it is that they do for their audience, then they're going to write the email and send it to the person in that outlet media that they, um, have the best chance of getting seen with. And then they're going to make sure that they're following up, follow up, follow up, follow up <coughs> until they hear that no. And they're not going to get discouraged because if they hear a no, they're going to go back and come up with a new idea.
1: Yep, you got it. And and really, ideally, you've got multiple balls up in the air. So you're pitching to 9, 10, 11, 12 outlets at once that are all a really good fit. And then that way, when you're following up, and maybe you get a no here or you get a no there, you can... And continue to have those conversations and you, you've you got multiple opportunities and multiple asks out there um, so that, you know, one of them can come through at, at one point.
0: And when you pitch something, do you pitch the same thing to every outlet or do you recommend that they come up with specific ideas for the different outlets?
1: So they really need to tailor these pitches specific to the to the audience um, of that outlet. So, you know, obviously if you have about four or five network TV stations in your city that you're pitching, they're all gonna have the same type of audience. So that pitch can be the same to all of those TV outlets. But you're going to tailor it if you're pitching that specific pitch to a business journal, for example. So yeah, you're you're exactly right. We we wanna make sure that. Um it is a no-brainer. Soon, whoever opens that email, they look at it and they go, This is perfect for what we cover and who our audience is. Amazing. So did you
0: have any more tips or tricks that you wanted to share with us today?
1: I really want the listeners to come up with that dream outlet. So really think, you know, think for the stars of like Who would you want to be covering you uh, a year from now? And we really want to stair-step that approach. So, um, you know, start with local media. Once you've gotten some local hits, you want to go step that up to industry outlets. And then from industry, you can really start to reach out to those national publications and outlets. So dream big. You can get there. We just have to stair-step it up.
0: Okay, one last question. So I know a lot of people pay to have their stuff in publications what are your thoughts on that
1: do not pay there are way too many free opportunities to get featured um, this is one of those things I actually equate it to similar to people that buy followers on social media um, it's really just a vanity metric at that point like it's not helpful health- you grow your business. It's not getting you more engagement on your posts. It's not going to get you any more sales. Like you truly are just buying those followers so that you can have a higher number on your profile that does no good. And, um, as soon as you can do that without that's where you're paying for it, obviously there's opportunities to advertise in publications and that's a whole different ball game. But if you're paying for coverage, uh, that you would be able to obtain in a free manner. Um, uh, it really isn't helping you and it isn't serving you a purpose because they are going to put across it. It is a promotional piece, so it will not look like it is an organic, uh, news article, um, just like it would, um, if you did get it organically.
0: Thank you so much. You have given us so much information today. If anyone wants to find out more about Allie, you can go to Iwantfameandfortune.com and I will link her social media and her website down in the notes for you. And feel free to reach out to her if you need someone for publications.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Megan.